You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. sons of bitches are all like hey we watched bright why haven't you watched bright yet i'm like because everybody said it wasn't good and and they're like fuck you watch bright we're gonna review it it's like all right i guess we're reviewing bright like people telling chris that a movie's bad has deterred him from watching so many movies in his life <laughs> now that's true There's never people telling chris a movie was good has spurred him to watch it yeah, yeah that is true as there's well there's literally an emergency bright review session going on right now <laughs> it was it was red alert <laughs> all hands on deck. i had three hours notice we had to track you down. I know. I was... This is though it just all came together pretty quickly. Yeah, we put up the patient signal in the sky. <laughs> it's a shot glass. It's just a <laughs> image of a shot glass. Does that mean you're police commissioner Cox? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and then I turn around and you're just gone. Okay, so super quick, uh, we're reviewing Bright. We are the Deliberations of Doom crew. Yes. Normally review horror movies, but... Phil had a super strong reaction to this movie. We watched it immediately, and it was all in our text thread, so we just decided we should do it. It was like a 95 message text thread. Yeah. It was a big one. It just, was, there it was, was a lot of passion thrown around. Uh, yeah. I feel like someday they're going to make an oral history of Deliberations <laughs> of Doom, and all they have to do is transcribe our text thread. Oh, God. That's been going Let's on for never do, do that. that. Yeah. Okay. Be a bad so decision. speaking of, uh, I'm Rob. I'm Russ. I'm Philip. Patience. I'm Ralph. <laughs> Ralph Cox. Wants to call himself Ralph. All right, Summer. Regina, settle down. <laughs> for the dumb in joke is that they're all our siblings now, so <laughs> we're all Summers. Summers. Whether you like it or not, you're all part of us. <laughs> and now that you've listened, you're part of us yeah. too. You guys are like the the last name of the empire of our world. You know, we're like the snows. Yeah, yeah. you kind of are. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about Bright. Yeah, let's do it. Bright is a movie that is on Netflix that in a past age would not have been on Netflix. It would have come out in the major theaters because it's a big budget film. It's directed by a big budget it's director. It's not just that it came out on Netflix. It's from Netflix. Yeah, it's from it's Netflix. Yeah, it wasn't like Netflix production. Yeah, original release on Netflix. It's David Ayers who did, you know, Suicide Squad and and End of Watch, End of Watch Training which, Day, Fury, he wrote Training Day. Yeah, I wrote Training Day. He's definitely got you know a mixed history, but one that I think he's got more than enough good stuff in there. Really Fast good and Furious, stuff. The original Fast and Furious. <laughs> to <laughs> not write him off or anything, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean the guy's like, written Oscar caliber material. Yeah, and people, he's directing hundred million dollar movies. People like yeah. to go, oh, I did Suicide Squad, and I'm like, well, I, I liked thought Suicide, Suicide Squad, Squad was not the worst thing too. ever made. Didn't that so. make like half a billion dollars? Yeah, well. Yeah, well, you know, I don't think that's not always a target of quality, to be fair. But That, that you know. is true. Uh, yeah. uh, it but, does mean he's significant. But that being said as well, somebody who's even bigger in his way and in his time is Will Smith, who's headlining this damn thing, who is basically, this is his return to the summer mega Will Smith movie, only not in summer and on Netflix, playing the role of a cop, Daryl Ward, LAPD officer, teamed up with Joel Edgerton, unrecognizably Joel Edgerton, because he's completely covered with latex uh, and makeup because he's playing an orc because this is a world if you picture and, and basically I mean they 
they do everything but say it. This is Lord of the Rings if it the world just kept going to where we are now. Without the hobbitses. Yeah. Well, they, yeah, they strangely might, they no might hobbits. Be in there. You never know. They mention dwarves. We never see one. I mean, you see, set, like, there's a centaur cop, and you see yeah. interesting things in the background, so That's you true. never know. Yeah. And one maybe, of many really difficult things to explain about this movie, it's set in a world where, yes, fantasy has continued, and there's the, orcs, and there's... The but, hobbits all live in Austin and Portland. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but the approach is that it's a gritty cop movie. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it is, I'm sorry, it's end of watch with, with fantasy creatures. It's It's pretty much what it is, you know, it's, you know, it really feels like that. And it's the orc cop has been put in there, the very first orc cop, because everyone's like, oh, it's affirmative action. It's like, they're trying to make sure that like, you know, it's liberal bullshit, what have you, putting an orc cop and nobody likes orcs because they're like, well, they served the evil Dark Lord 2,000 years ago, so nobody trusts them. Once with the Dark and they, Lord, always with And they're the very cultish and clannish, and they have each other's backs. Well, they're, and they're, you know, I mean, yeah. they're they're low income. They're definitely a stand-in for sort of blacks and Latinos in L.A. in yeah. this movie Although is the way they're they're definitely blacks and Latinos in this movie yes. that are still at war with each other. Yeah. Yeah. But, but in terms of the metaphor that the movie is doing here, it's like that's where they're going. Like, this is the low income street folks of a racial Which- persuasion who a lot of people, including the police force, are really biased against. Which, to me, makes sense as far as characters in Lord of the Rings go. It's not going to be the elves. It's going to no. have to be the orcs. No, in fact, going to be like the the brutish minority of some sort. In fact, because the elves here are the one percent, they're the yeah. stand-in for the the super rich, uh, snooty. I don't trust anybody else. One percent, and the whole situation gets going when basically we see first Will Smith got shot on a job right when he got the orc partner who he never really trusted, and there's a lot of question like, well, wait, how come they the orc didn't catch the guy who shot you who was an orc? And everyone's like, oh, because they the orcs are always going to be orcs above being cops. So there's a lot of distrust between the two of them anyway. It's Will Smith's first day back on the job. They end up in a situation where uh, there's a big shootout with a bunch of people and a bunch of crazy magic shit happening. They find a an, uh, Lucy Fry playing Tika, who is a young elf who has a magic wand, which in this world is like... A nuclear device, pretty much. It's like the Ring Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it's like, whoa, when there's not a lot of them, when you have one, as they say, it can grant wishes. Everybody would like it, despite the fact that everybody should know by now almost no one can touch them without exploding, so... Yeah, you have to be a bright in order to handle a wand. thus the title. Thus the title, and the bright is like one in a million. A lot of elves are brights, but not very many humans are brights. Yeah. And I don't think any orcs are brights. Well, I mean, we don't know. We don't know yet Um, in this universe. But... She uh, is on the run from something, and she's not speaking any English, so they're having a hard time figuring out what's going on. And it becomes clear shortly that Numi Rapace plays Lalila, who is a, a, they say dark elf, but she doesn't look like any dark elf I ever saw, but she's an elf. Yeah, sorry, that's D&D, Chris talking. Usually they actually have dark skin, I'm just saying. Nerd (laughs) alert. Seriously. Uh, Who is, like, super powerful, was the owner of this wand, and wants it back because she wants to resurrect the Dark Lord. As you do. There's, like, bad elves. Yeah. And meanwhile, these get two, find themselves in the middle of, like, the LAPD is all searching for them and wants to kill them because, like, even they are like, well, fuck, we'll take the wand for ourselves. This thing can grant wishes and shit. Even though, once again, irritatingly forgetting that almost no one can even touch one of these things. Uh, Local gangs are on the search for them and for the wand. Same thing. Uh, The FBI is on the search for them, which is sort of seems to be largely comprised of elves. And then these evil group of elves are on the search. And on the way, they've got to become, figure out how to trust each other and become friends. 
Does that feel like a good like a uh, wow. synopsis of the film? I mean, for as, as easy as it is to explain this movie. <laughs> uh, yeah. All I, right. So who wants to take it first? Uh, yeah. I mean. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I like. Did anybody like? Nobody was in love with this, right? No. What did you, What did you think? Because yes. I feel like you had a, you had a reaction okay. where you didn't. I mean, I'm not saying you're like the, no, the biggest bright fan ever, but you. Were I'm the like, brightest. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um. With this movie, it was it was definitely an interesting experience because you know being on this show and talking about movies and uh, and loving movies that like. Um, I was excited about seeing it because I wanted to see what Netflix was going to do with a Will Smith, you know, almost $100 million movie. I got really excited about it, and I was like, you know what? I want to watch it. It's going to be a fun night. Make some popcorn. I mean, it's a whiskey. big deal. Netflix yeah. is jumping into giant blockbuster space it's, with, with it's the guys who made the Suicide game. Squad. Yeah. It's changing the game, and I was excited about it, and, like, my wife and I were like, we're going to make a night of it, and then I read, like, you know, about two or three bad reviews in a row, and I was like... Well, shit. I mean, whatever. So it was like 4 o'clock on like a Saturday, and she's doing laundry, and I'm just on my phone looking at Instagram or some shit. And I'm like, well, I guess I'll put this on in the background so I can watch this piece of shit and get it done with. <laughs> and uh, I put it on, and I mean, I... I I like to point out, this is the guy who complains constantly about the movies we assign him to watch. <laughs> so, 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 so I put it on, and I'm like, I mean, it's not that bad. And I'm watching, and I go, oh, that's kind of a fun joke. Oh, that's a fun take on that. This, oh, that's well done. And, and I'm watching, and I go, people were calling this the worst movie to come out in 2017. I'm like, I've seen a lot of horrible movies, and in my opinion, no, it's not great. I give it, you know, a while except for the end, but it's like, it was entertaining, and I enjoyed it, and I would, I'd watch a second one. Okay. I didn't hate it. I, I would watch a second one, too. I didn't, yeah. I, I think a second one would be better than this one, because they've set up the groundwork for something that yeah. could be an interesting universe. Anyone who was commenting on this, this is just all so stupid. I'm like, it's kind of a neat idea, actually. Yeah. I don't think it's always handled so well, but like, it's a neat premise yeah um but i would like to point out i only saw one person to call it the worst movie of 2017 and, and that was the one critic that everybody was cross-posting their article from 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 uh, indiewire and even i reading it was like come on man it's like i get that you want hits yeah, from your from your your title and i get that you hated the movie which is fine but come on worst movie of 2017 like i i follow him I've, I've known who he is for years and um, he is kind of a movie snob. Like his favorite movie of like the last decade was Carol, stuff like that. Oh my so this God. is not a movie for him. Although he did love Last Jedi, but I think what was great was Air, David Ayer, the director's response on Twitter was that he said, "At least you had a strong reaction. That's all I ask for. You know, and that you respond to the movie. Response. You didn't seem bored yeah. by it or whatever." And and Air like even said, "Like that's awesome, man. Like you know." So I think there was a fist bump across there that yeah, they don't they don't make movies for each other. Yeah, David you know? Ayer yeah. responding to his review like that with that, I was like, that was just so great that he Perfect. was his response was just like he, not angry. It was like, hey. Uh, you know, it made a mark on you, right? And now everybody more, and he's thinking in his head. Now everybody wants to see it for themselves. He, right. <laughs> and, and this isn't even like to name drop at fucking all. I've met him twice before he blew up. Um, he came to two screenings of my films and was super fucking nice. And literally took the time. He had just done Training Day, yeah, and was like the most humble fucking down to earth guy. And you know, not. And I'm not, you know, I didn't like Suicide Squad. It was not for me at all. But I still see there takes skill in that, you know, and I'm not going to just write somebody off because it's from, I felt like some of the hate it got was because it was easy. Yeah. I, I felt, you know, it's like, oh, the guy who made Suicide Squad, let's make fun of that guy. I still don't understand the degree to which people were 
yeah. considering Suicide Squad like the worst movie ever. Oh, it, I'm it's, like, it's what, not. I was like, it's not a great movie, but it's like, where are you guys coming from with this degree of like, yeah. this Actually, is and, not. And, so and as someone who has defended Suicide Squad uh, to you know a number of times, I. I feel that there are a lot of things in Suicide Squad that are actually very successful within mm-hmm. the, within the framework. Of the movie. There, there are things that work. It doesn't work as a whole, and uh, you know, I, I, I'm with you. I, the the hatred for that movie, I think, bled into this movie, and I do think the movies do share a little bit of the same DNA. So I'm not surprised that people that don't like Suicide Squad also don't like. There's that. a lot of like Will Smith, cor- you know, correspondences between the two movie. I think like he plays a very similar character in a way. Yeah. In a yeah. Weird way. There's a perfect storm to, towards people predisposed to hate this film out there. I've seen a lot of people just posting on Facebook who w- talked about getting ready to watch this in terms of like, all right, I'm getting ready to hate this. Well, what, you know, you, what, what was your take then? Because I don't think you totally told us. Did you, I, I was just like, um, the, the best review I saw of this thing was like, yeah, it was all right. And I was like, you, you like know what? I watch right? I watch movies every day that I'm kind of excited to watch that are, yeah, it's all right. Like, mm-hmm. I'm expecting to feel that way. But to come away with a couple things that I go, yeah, that was pretty cool. And I felt that way about this. I'm like, this is something I'm like, I could even see rewatching this someday. You know, not soon. But like, I was like, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> I, you know, there's things that I was like, well, this is kind of a mess, but there's also a lot of creative ideas floating around here. There's some cool special effects concepts in here. Um, I, you know, even Smith is really trying, especially in the third act. He's really trying to convince us that he gives a shit about this film. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, there's some points where it, he even gets kind of a, like, emo- really emotional. I don't think that buddy cop dynamic work paid off as well as they were hoping it was going to mm-hmm. here. I mean, we didn't quite get an alienation level of success. I, I, I think that's also, you know, episodic versus hour and 45 minute movie. No, I mean the movie alienation. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Um, gotcha. I, you know, I never did get around to finishing the original TV series. I watched the I series. Watched I, I didn't watch the movie. Yeah, the movie's, the movie's great. solid. Yeah, yeah. Really good. But you know, I mean, it's not a complete wreck. It, it's got more than enough to recommend it that I'd go, yeah, you should check it out and see what you think yourself. Um, it, it, yeah, it's messy, but fuck, man. But it's, it's very, fun. But yeah, it's fun, I, I, I think we've all gotten spoiled by the Marvel Universe where we're just like, there's so many people hyper-examining every corner of it. But, you know, but and what you, Marvel has that these guys don't is they've got a pre-existing IP, hmm. meaning you know the universe, you know the characters, you know their backstories, you know that that guy's uncle was this person, that guy's aunt's that person, that guy's related to that person, that guy's going to kill them ten episodes later. Like You know all that stuff, and I think you have to start somewhere. That being, and that I credit being their imagination. Marvel, I would say at this point in the game they have so much goodwill uh, sort of built up that yeah. there there's a predisposition to like Marvel and I'll admit that I'm one of those people who falls into that yeah. where I'm like even one that a lot of people are like no isn't that good I'm like come on wasn't that bad yeah you know like but uh, or the ones that are really good I'm predisposed to go 10 out of 10 best movie ever made yeah but, but yeah, I'm a Marvel fanboy I've been uh, my whole life I was going to say real quick, I I was going to say on a super side note, you and I have been in theaters before, like during festivals, and we'll absolutely love some because the environment, the energy, and like you want, you're just like, you know what, I want to love this because I I love the director, he's up there talking, I I love the energy, and then I'll watch that same movie, say two years later, I go, "Eh, it's okay. Yeah. But it's all about your your mindset and your perspective coming into something too. A lot of times, like I could tear this movie to fucking shreds. Yeah. If I wanted to go in and like give a negative review, I could tear this movie apart. If you're looking to if you're watch looking to be every movie with nothing on your mind, but 
but I'm determined to hate this movie, then oh, you'll, you'll find you a way horrible. to hate it. Easily. Uh, I.e. all of the negative Star Wars Last Jedi reviews. But enough on that. Patience. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm actually kind of 50-50 on this. Like, I really didn't have any emotions going into this film at all. I knew about all of the hate that it had gotten by critics and um, some audience members alike. But I also knew that Phil liked it. So right. that's to me, like... <laughs> Wait, I'm waiting. Yeah, so I'm, I'm banging on Babe. So, and what does that but mean? But Phil's an idiot, so... So that means I'm just like, okay, I don't know how to feel about this because Phil and I typically agree. Um, actually, not so much anymore. I think I, I align more with Russ these days. Yeah, well, I apologize. I, I didn't mean for that. We've <laughs> only known each other a year. Yeah, a lot's happened, Chris. A lot's happened. True. Things change. But um, there's a lot of things I definitely did not like about the movie. I do think that it was like overly, overly stereotypical st- stereotypes. You know, like it was just a little bit Stereotyping too, those orcs? Yeah, it's, I mean, it was a little the, bit too heavy-handed. The metaphor the was stereo- on the nose. It was, I'm, I'm not saying the metaphor was bad. I'm just saying that the portrayal of the different races was just so too much of a stereotype for me. Well, like, well, it just do, be- do you mean that in sort of a a fantasy way? You mean like the sort of orcs and elves? We've seen too many of that, or or how do you mean that when you say? I, I mean like like the whole the whole idea of like so the Mexican gang members were like such um like what you think of when you think of like your your movie cliche your, yeah your super Mexican thank you but, but but mind you, Ayer was like an L.A. cop. Like I mean. It, it, those Mexican guys exist in real fucking life. I mean, yeah, I've seen these guys. That dude has dealt with orcs. <laughs> <laughs> but He's from Middle Earth. And End of Watch, which I liked very much, I thought didn't go mm-hmm. there. Like, End of Watch still had that, you know, sort of like, I don't know. I, yeah, I just thought that they were just way too typical, way too cliche. <laughs> And just way too non having a beer in their hands. <laughs> yeah, um, hey, Shay, we're, we're manipulating, the, <laughs> making Phil get us beers in the middle of uh, patient studying. Um, so, um, the other thing I wasn't really fond of was there was a lot of like one-liners that were just like really, and that was the mm-hmm. only that was one of the biggest problems I had with the third act in Suicide Squad, where it's like these just these Will Smithisms that you're just mm-hmm. like, oh mm-hmm. my god. I think there was I one that I went. Oh, that was kind of funny. And the rest, I was like, oh. I, I liked them all because to me, it's a throwback to like Bad Boys and Will Smith and 90s movies. And it was fine for me. I don't like, think I, I wanted that, though. I did. Um, Fuck I also you. thought yeah, that fair a lot of fair the like, uh, martial arts sequences, particularly with the elves, were like straight out of like Underworld or Matrix. Like they were yeah. so. I, that seems like overdone. a compliment to me. I don't no, know, I, the I know el- you mean, I mean like. Blue light and, and a lot of fast edits of people and running up walls. A lot of lycra, you know what I mean? Yeah. I love that <laughs> shit. But then again, I watch like every episode of Arrow and The Flash. Yeah. So, my, my, my favorite, some of my favorite like criticisms were like, man, those action sequences were horrible. I'm like, dude, have you ever like directed an action sequence? <laughs> They're fucking hard. You have animation, cars going through fucking windows, guns going off, shit blowing up. And it's not like the guy had a huge, huge, huge budget. This movie went to theaters, it'd be a $200 million movie. I, I feel like, have like, that. like a lot of things, the third act did uh, things better than the first two acts, including the action sequences. When they start going, okay, now these are the scenes we've got to actually put a little more thought into. It was like kind of cool. There's a scene in a uh, convenience store that the guy is driving through that I was like, wow, there's a lot of that's, clever that, stuff. That's in the best action sequence yeah, in the movie. I, I, I have to say, I, I thought across the board, the action sequences in this film were uniformly really good whether or not they were the best 
directed or, you know, the geography was always the clearest, which is something I usually critique action scenes on. That that may be something, but I thought they were exciting and, and, and you know, the objectives were really interesting and what people were doing was really interesting. I, I mean, I agree that some of the some of the elf sort of martial arts and stuff was something that I sort of... I, it was definitely something where I sort of shrugged my shoulders at, but... That being said, the, my favorite things were, like, the... Uh, universe building. There was so many cute little fun things that they did, like the orcish music being like death metal yeah. or, or the elves being shopaholics. And there was just those little touches like that that I thought were brilliant. And I think that that actually <coughs> made the movie for me. Like that actually helped me enjoy it. You know what helped me enjoy it? The fact that there were curse words like fucking crazy. There were titties in the titty bar not cutting around it. There were literal... <clears throat> because it was trying to be... A David Ayer movie. Yeah. But, like, it's guys that's, like, charmed or, like, you know, some, like, you know, fantasy creature or supernatural or whatever. It was that, but, like, David Ayer was like, fuck that. I'm making a gritty movie out of it. And I feel like that didn't – it wasn't necessarily successful on all levels, but on some I respect it. I was like, okay, it's really trying to mash Training Day and End of Watch meets – you know, a modern day Lord of the Ring, and it was really trying that, and I'm never going to hate on that. I I'm mean, gonna say, keep trying, most keep making them. Of, most mm-hmm. of my issues here are the same things I would put at it if it had been a big, a theatrical release film with of this type of film, which is that a we don't really know much about the villain. She has almost no personality in this movie. She is a Thor two villain. She's just like this. <laughs> you know what I mean? She's a she's kind of a blank. And they, yeah, they say she's evil. So you're just going to take it? Yeah, back. there's almost we know almost nothing. There's that little late she reveal of her wand, relationship right? yeah. to like, Tika. I was like, that's her shit. Like I, y'all took her shit. I just was like, okay. <laughs> I just I don't. I never real se- felt a real sense of threat or or her being an interesting character whatsoever yeah, or any of her her flunkies. And that right off the bat, I will say is a, a markdown for me. I thought Naomi Rapace was. Did her best. Yeah, she did what she did what she could with the just role. Numi? She's Numi? 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 I'm always. Bad. I always say Numi Rapace. I don't know I what that's pronounced. Rapace sounds nice, but uh, I'm yeah. not gonna. I don't know. I'm kind of half on continuing half on this one. the Doom no Patrol H-track. tradition of mangling names. <laughs> there's, there's not even an accent. Naomi Rapace. I don't see an umlaut or nothing. I feel like someone else pronounced. Maybe it is pronounced that way. I don't know. Yeah, but but yeah, like you know what I mean. Like I'm like okay, so she never. She's this anonymous threat, right? And then there's this beginning of the third act reveal. Of like, oh, this one character could speak English the whole time that I rolled my eyes. I, I was like, oh my god, what a fucking script manipulating. Like, I just like that was lame. The, the point, the point of that is it allows you to advance the story with mystery and not have everything uh, spoiled right away. I know, but yeah. but but but, that, but the <laughs> problem is whenever you can see it, watch something and suddenly you see the mechanics of it in Maybe front of you. Maybe she learned so, so quickly during it, like Thirteenth Warrior. She had like a uh, montage. Uh, yeah, right. Elf. No, she. Didn't, <laughs> you know, I was like, all right. There's there's some value to her being quiet. There's a lot of convenient moments like that she in not, here no, she could trust you. Th- that makes you really feel like you're watching, <laughs> you're, you're sitting in in the script writing session. And I'm like, that always kind of pulls you out of it. There's a lot of like characters who they begin to set stuff up for, with, but go nowhere. There's a lot of like, th- like world building stuff that just feels like one of those, oh, now we're adding this because the script needs to go here, as opposed to having set it up beforehand. 110%. Yeah, I, that is like, all right, sure, whatever. That I'm like, I don't hate it, but it also is a little lazy, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that made me go. That makes us go from a movie that I thought otherwise might have been like, wow, that's pretty good, to, eh, eh, it's I mean, fine, whatever. It, it, go ahead, sorry, guys. No. 
Uh, anybody else? No, before, one of the before Summers get started? brothers. Sorry, I've been well, talking Russell, a lot. I even told Russ, I said, I don't know what I'm going to say about this movie. Russ is all, I got a lot to say about In this fact, movie. In fact, I'm terrified I won't get to say everything I want to say. All right, I, hold on. Russ, TM, rant. Yeah, there you go. Uh, well, I, I, first of all, I wanted to say that I was really excited that we all got together. We were able to talk about this movie because the minute Phil started uh, texting all of us about it, I said... You know, this is a film that there's so much to talk about. You can talk about it as a as a David Ayer film, as a as a, as a Max Landis film, uh, as a Will Smith hundred million dollar movie. Obviously, the film itself, and then also you know the critical reaction, and then you know it as a sort of giant Netflix uh, shot across the bow to start doing hundred million dollar you know action movies and just drop them in the middle of your your TV on Christmas. So I was super excited to talk about it. Um, I. I, I think I would probably echo most. I think that, you know, the level of, of, I think all of us is, I think all of us were sort of in the middle on the movie, um, some a little bit more than others. Uh, I, I just wanted to say, I, you know, I thought it had a surprisingly interesting first half. I was sort of interested in the movie. I thought it was fun. I thought it had done well with the promise of its premise. Um, but I did think that it takes almost till the middle of the movie for the story to really start and by then you sort of feel like you're playing catch up uh, there's a whole thing with the corrupt cops that seems to come out of well, nowhere can I just say real quick yeah. I just wrote down promise of my premise for when I write a musical because that's just perfect okay. <laughs> you're welcome there was a lot of uh, world building in the movie I'm not a big world building guy I, it, to me it always seems like it goes nowhere and uh, it, it, it oftentimes it seems sort of baroque and extraneous, um, and I definitely felt that about this movie. And then it, then the, I think the real problem is, as Chris pointed out, was that you know you had these moments, particularly the thing where they're they're driving away with the wand, and then it was like the wand can only go so far away, and oh, the yeah. car explodes because yeah. they've gone too far away from it. That felt uh, incredibly convenient and uh, and sort of I don't. It, it was just it was so shoehorned in there and. Um, I, I here's the real problem. Um, we do have the premise of the film, and I don't know that the movie ever completely navigates the the high wire act of of having orcs and then this gritty you know end of watch type movie. Um, I, I think we could say that there's something about the movie. I felt like the movie seems like a movie that would be a movie in another movie about making movies. (laughs) You know, that the guy would be on the the back part of a set, you know, watching Will Smith filming a giant orc cop movie or something. It's sort of the the Vinny Chase entourage version (laughs) of a a giant $100 million movie. I would love to watch something in this universe that's a version of entourage. I I completely agree. I completely agree, yeah. That would be amazing. Um, Oh, yeah. Sorry, Dude, Vinny, Vinny's totally going to make Aqua work. Well, I, you can see in, in, in the next Entourage sequel that Vinny gets the, the, the role as the villain in the Bright sequel or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I think Air, uh, again, I, I think, um, as we've talked about, he, he's sort of a, a spotty director. I, I, I think that his movies, even within themselves, sort of, uh, you know, they, they vacillate between good and bad Um and, and I, I, I'm a Suicide Squad, I guess, apologist. I, I've never quite understood, excuse me, the hate for the film. Yeah, I kind of stand back because people get so passionate about it. And then they, when they everybody's do, and done I'm, I'm raging. I'm sort of surprised. And I, and I think, Chris, you, you know, you talked about a lot of the things that, that hit home for me. You know, the fact that the movie is messy, but it has a lot of ideas, that it's trying for <laughs> stuff. It's a film that's reach exceeds its grasp. And, you know... That is, time and time again, a movie that a lot of times I have a soft spot for, rather than a very safe, 
um, you know, kind of, oh, well, we made this little movie about these little characters, and they have this little revelation, and then that's like the end of the movie. I'd rather see a movie about L.A. cops and orcs and fairies and somebody yeah. really trying something. You know, the metaphor is very clunky. Um, yeah. It, I- it doesn't totally work. But and I think Iyer, it's it's clear from Suicide Squad in this that he he's he's a very good director. I, I think that the film, from a visual standpoint, is as good looking and 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 beautifully designed and well thought out. I mean, even the magic sequences, he really thought about those. As a guy that 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 is you know more famous for doing these gritty movies, he really thought about you know when the, when the the whole screen starts to vibrate when the when the wand comes on. That that was really cool. Um, but I don't know from a script standpoint that Iyer totally knows what to do. Air, whatever his fucking name. What totally knows what to do with the the, the more fantastical elements of his films, um, as we've seen in in Suicide Squad and then this movie. Yeah, uh, um, you know some of the magic stuff here. Like you're right. He's like feels a little confused about how to make this like feel consistent, but there are moments that you're like, wow, that was really cool. Like you said, like every the wand being so powerful that everything starts shaking. And that that or, was a more original idea as opposed to the way the orcs and the fairies yeah. play out, which is something we've seen a bunch of times. I don't think the orcs really have any personality. I mean, it's interesting they try and make them sort of look a little gangstery or whatever. Yeah, they're gangbangers. But um, that was sort of a problem. Um, the uh, other thing I wanted to say was uh, uh, Smith um, is good, but it's interesting that other than sort of that opening sequence with the fairies, they really try and tamp down on this sort of exuberant, exciting, funny, wisecracking Will Smith, which I think would be okay. He's not very likable. He never it, once well, goes, was, woo! What I wanted to say was, but I, what I want to say about that was, his, that would be fine if his orc partner was the funny, wisecracking Eddie Murphy been cool. of this movie. And I feel like in a movie that's trying to trade on this idea of these 80s mismatched cop guys, like, you know, um, Lethal Weapon and, and 48 Hours and that kind of thing. The orc has no personality. Edgerton brings nothing to it. The script brings nothing to it. Chemistry never happens. There's nothing... That's because there's nothing to the orc. If he was this funny, weird character, you would love him. And he he brings nothing to it. It's a very cliched, uninteresting take on what an orc is. And he seems sort of uh, hamstrung by the actual makeup. Uh, Absolutely. I agree with you really quick on that 100%. um, As what you both just said, Will Smith's character is not very likable at all. Mm -hmm. And at one point he's like, yeah, I'm always just, I'm not really a good guy. I just act like one. And I was like, well, I'd hate to see what he acts like when he's not trying to act like a good guy (laughs) because the dude's a fucking dick. And I just felt like he was Denzel Washington it all over the place, and then I felt like Joel Edgerton was trying to be like the Drax character. Patience hates Denzel Washington. I do. Just throwing that out and there. And so I just was like, oh. Thank you, Tom. The fact really that Will sure. Smith was trying to Denzel Washington something should be a compliment. And, and what, what Except I, it I, isn't I to her. Except it isn't to her. <laughs> but what I wanted to say was, was Denzel Washington's character in Training Day is magnetic. He is oh, yeah. absolutely, yeah. he has all the best lines. He's probably one of the greatest sort of interesting villains in movie history. But Smith here feels Smith like not. he's slumming it in a memory of the type of characters he used to play. For most of In that same that, year, though. it was what? Denzel and Training Day and uh, Bill the Butcher, Darren Day-Lewis, like two of my favorite villains of all time. Two, yeah. two truly I mean, magnetic, interesting I, villains. Yeah. And, and one that this movie needed. 
this movie needed an, an elf villain that would have been really exciting. It needed one character who was that crazy. How we yeah, needed to feel like we knew almost anything about the elves. The elves I, are like yeah. left kind of like, well, all the other races are kind of, they're kind of left like, okay, we know the tiniest bit about them, but the elf guy, they're the villains, this one group of the elves, so maybe we should like spend some time that's with true. them. You that's know, wrong. that's not wrong. The movie's not set up to do that. I, yeah, I really feel like this is a much bigger story. I feel like because of when this movie came out, you know, being it's not 1983 or whatnot, you know, the movie is going to get a little more flack than it should for that. Because if it came out earlier, we'd all be like, man, you remember that movie back in the days? It was awesome. You know, the movie bragged about the orcs and the cops. That was so ahead of its time. But now it's that time and it's not ahead anymore. <laughs> no. And now it was just like, yeah, you should have done all these things differently. Well, now it feels like it's looking back, not looking forward yeah. in a lot of ways. And, but but I, I think... You give this thing ten hours of like ten episodes, whatnot of something. It's something there. Not gonna I happen mean, with Will Smith. In like some that's... ways, this might have benefited more from being a Netflix original series. Oh, it absolutely. Or would limited have. series. I feel like 100%. we say that all the time, though. Every single time we're like on the fence about a movie because we're like, TV's well, maybe, so good. Right. Maybe if it had been a, TV, a Netflix original. I mean, it's weird to me that it's not. They're, they're, they're already greenlit a sequel. Oh yeah. It's yeah. A, listen, it's a it's a great. Um, idea to drop us in the middle of the world and not really try and explain it too Agreed. much, which um, I, I think the movie, you know, like it has that great idea and I don't know that it executes it. I guarantee you there was a mixed discussion like how much do we want to go into this stuff because it's going to, feels too much like well, taking that, away from that And that's why it has feel. to rely on cliche a little bit to get some of that across, yeah. which I'm going to give it a little bit of leeway on, but not as much as it takes. Yeah. You, you pull Will Smith out of this movie it's a great fucking TV show they can afford. Hmm. It's yeah. like Will Smith in there makes and it. And kind of should have. Yeah. yeah. Like you pull him out. Like, I mean, it's not like it's some performance that you know only what? he could do. I okay. have no doubt Netflix pushed for this to be a TV show, not a movie. Yeah, and the other guys were like, no way. Did you, were you done with your run? Um, oh, no. We can get into some of the other. I, I, I would like to, before we wrap up, I'd like to talk about the idea of Netflix making these $100 million movies. Um, Rob, go ahead. I, man, I got, I got a couple of ideas. I don't know if they're as coherent as Russ's. Um... First off, I thought the opening credits were really cool. Uh, it's like a spray painted, uh, like a response, like the Dark Lord is coming, but it's all done in like, you know, California graffiti. I thought that was that was really cool. I was kind of excited. It, the music playing is really neat, um, and the shots were beautiful. Yeah, I, well, Air is a he's a really good director, and I and I did want to point out he understands the streets too. Yeah, like, he, I mean, he certainly gets the grit. I, it was kind of fascinating to watch someone who um, obviously one is you know obviously has. Um, first-hand knowledge of, of a more urban, uh, you know, uh, architecture and, and, and culture like Air does, you know, input this this weird, this very uh, fantastical element into it. Um, I think the idea is there. Um, I don't know that he totally executes like Russ says. Air's uh, movie that I really, 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 really love is Fury. It is so I good. I think it's a flat out amazing movie. Is that it has a tank movie. Yeah, yeah. Okay. it has, I have deeply a underrated. A, beyond underrated. I mean, I think it's like a modern wild bunch. I think it's it's a brilliant film. I think so. Unfortunately, too. he's also made films that I don't think are su- as as successful, like Street Kings and Sabotage. And oh Sabotage is my, my worst movie of the year. I it was so bad. Fucking hated that movie. Hated and so. Um, this is more like Street Kings than Fury. It's definitely not as bad as Sabotage, although um, I hear some mixed things about behind the scenes. Uh, um, Max Landis wrote this. He is a uh, the son of John Landis, the very famous director of American Wolf of London and uh, Trading Places. And, all and, and Max Landis is now kind of an infamous figure. Yeah, and he has yeah. some personal stuff, but we won't get into that. But yeah. he writes very clever 
uh, takes I, on material. I, I hate when I, I will just say like I don't disbelieve anybody making accusations towards them right now, but I hate it when they time it to the day of release of something by well, someone. I, I'm always I mean, I like, I think that that's that's done for very specific yeah, I think reasons. I, yeah, but it always feels so. Let's not go down mechanical. That road. <laughs> I know. Let's not. Yeah. But but as far as a writer, he wrote Victor Frankenstein. Uh, Chronicle. Uh, Chronicle is his biggest claim to fame. But um, he's a very clever screenwriter. I, and I think in the room, he's probably on fire. I bet when he pitches you these ideas, I think in execution, probably not as deft as I would like. Um, this far, script's over three and a half million dollars. He is a... And he could have gotten more, but he pushed for A or no matter what. He wanted and, and, um, and I respect That's that. That's that much more Rohypno. I remember I seeing... <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh. I'm going to leave that alone. Uh, okay. uh, that was awesome. <laughs> When I first saw the trailer for this, my buddy pointed out, this feels like an SNL parody trailer. Like, it feels like something you would watch on SNL, like, oh, he's an orc, and he's a cop, they're mismatched buddies. It's Tear a- in the headlights, bitch. Yeah. Sorry. Dude, their driver should have been Toonses. Yeah, I mean, it feels that way a little bit. Um, it's, it, it just seems so fantastical when I first saw the trailer. I wasn't even sure they could pull it off at all. Yeah. It is far more coherent than the trailer had led me to believe. Um, but I do have problems. Uh, I do think... The, the the idea of the mismatch trio of them and then I think it's Tika, the yeah, elf Tika. character, never really comes together in the way that I thought it would or hoped it would. It seems like their interplay could be really fun and cool. It doesn't really happen that way, which is unfortunate. Because um, they kind of go on the run. It kind of becomes a road movie in the middle, which I really liked. I like. I was like, oh, that's a good idea. The movie doesn't execute on that. Um, Edgerton's performance, and I don't know, some of that's the way the character's written, some of the way he does it. It's a very Lenny in Mice of Men type thing. Like, he's kind of quiet, he's kind of slow, he's kind of sweet. It's pretty boring. Like Russ said, it would have been more interesting if they had had, like, I think we all wanted more of an interplay. I don't totally get his performance. And he has the weird shaved teeth, which seem to be getting in the way of him actually being able to. Dude, why are they shaved? I'm even. No, I never... get it. He's trying to be more human. Yeah. But it's very distracting. It's a good idea from a world building standpoint, but. In the movie, it actually impedes his performance. He goes um, from like D- I'm kind of dumb to I'm actually deeply insightful. You yeah, just don't need me give me enough credit. The movie credit. Is, just doesn't know what to do with him quite. And um, there, there's a, a scene at the beginning with Will, Will Smith's wife. Um, that kind of goes nowhere. As a character, they cut her like at some fancy dinner, and he tells her to go on the run. Like, there's no reason for her to be in this. No, film at it all. doesn't really pay off. Or they for have, him they, to be they married. Have one really great scene with his daughter, where she just it, it doesn't even have to do with the fantastic moment, where she says like, "Why do you have to be a cop? I worry about you." And I love that, and he's sort of sad. But again, they're in danger, but that goes nowhere. And the wife's character wasn't particularly endearing or interesting or insightful. Um, also, there's a thing where he has to catch a fairy at the beginning, and it pays off at the end, sort of. Eh. It's, it's stupid. That was a whole bit that I wish it, they had gotten been, away with. Yeah, but, it's kind of yeah. dopey. Um, like, and they have a weird thing with his interplay it, with the neighbors doesn't. who are having like a barbecue or something. It's stupid. Um, Will Smith is very much, as Patience pointed out, in his Men in Black Wild Wild West. I'm riffing on everything, man. You know I'm just improvising dialogue in front of the camera. <laughs> and it's not funny. No. It's unfortunate. I can tell there's some flop sweat. He's really trying hard to sort of jazz up the movie and bring that Will Smith charisma. Honestly, doesn't movie. it feel like he doesn't work at all until he has to get emotional and dramatic? Right, yeah. and which he's not bad at. And I yeah. don't think... I, don't I like th- the titty bar line. You want that a titty bar? That's the one I don't of want best, that a titty bar. That's one of the best moments. I was like, that's kind of funny. That's one of the best. That was one of the few. That was one of the moments they went. This feels like forty-eight hours Look, all, all for a brief moment. I was waiting for works. him to really nail something like the. What is it like? Uh, 
old and crappy and, you know, whatever, old and busted, uh, new hotness or whatever. Yeah. He doesn't really ever quite nail it. I don't know if he knows quite what to do with the material. Um, I was exhausted by the mythology. Just the five minutes when we had to explain this movie was exhausting. Sorry. There's, you were, Rob was looking at me like, can dude, we wrap it's just, this it's up? Dude, it's so complicated. And the movie has, I think... It does point to the TV aspect of it. I wouldn't be surprised if Landis had pitched this as a TV yeah. series. He seems to be bursting with ideas, and the movie is compressed. It doesn't feel – and I just – there's so there's like a point where like um, Edgar Ramirez, who looks like he's in ElfQuest for anyone if you're on Deep Nerd Out. <laughs> oh, my God. To some comic books. Totally. Stuff. He looks like – I mean like I was like, he should be – uh, what is his name? Hunter? Actually, Hunter, he, Hunter he, in ElfQuest. He so dead on looks like a World of Warcraft, one of the major right. elf characters that you had to yeah. deal with. And, I and kept I, seeing it. I was and, like, and oh, they oh. obviously are going for that, and it's hard to deny. He looks great as an elf. He was going LARPing. But it's, it's, yeah. a, little, it's a little distracting. Um, but there's a scene where he has to talk to his partner, and they sort of I recap larked. what's happening, and I was fucking exhausted. It was definitely the man from the exposition. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I just, yeah. I just have to, to build on what you're saying right now, Rob. Mm-hmm. I agree with you 100%. Like, if you have to explain the plot of the movie no less than three times... They, they don't... They have to re... Yeah, re-explain it. They keep re-explaining it. three times. And they don't... It's And look, Russ and I are, are very opposite than most people. We love exposition. I love where they have to explain the movie, and there's all this interesting, like, here's the story or whatever. Other people are afraid of it, but Russ and I think that's when you lean forward in the seat. This is one of the few movies where I was like, fuck, I don't want to know. Like, I don't want to know. But it could also be that the mythology of the movie is so complicated and, and, and just... When it necessarily works, when it un- works like, when, it, when they do it smart, like, they, they take a detour through the elf world. Like through the elf part of town, and you see that it's the richest, most it's uh, Beverly Hills. Yeah, and that is great exposition. Oh, boom! I get it. I get what's up with the elves. It's visual. It's interesting, and and I want to know more. And I and so when they show up, you see like, oh, they sort of helicopter in as this like privileged race that is you know passing judgment or whatever. And I feel like they. You know, when they when they have to sit down and explain stuff. And a lot of times when they do it, you don't need to know it. Like, they actually were worried about it and they didn't need to be. Um, Will Smith's mustache is fucking distracting. Yes! I'm so oh sorry. Oh, my God. Thank you for I saying I know. That. I mean, like... Holy... Honestly, I couldn't stop looking at dude, it. You know, man... He I made, like, I've never heard this in my life. He I was like, what is up with the mustache? I'm sorry. Like, I think he was going for, like, I'm just a beat cop. I grow a stash. I'm thing. just a porn right, beat cop. Right, yeah. But I don't know what it was, but it really bugged me. Will Smith always kind of had a little stash, though. He yes, but this was more. not a little... This was not a little Smith's This is full on Tom Selleck's stash. Exactly. Weird because I didn't even notice the See? mustache. Are you I fucking did, serious? Did, no, it didn't bug me at all. Okay, either. well, I could not take my I, eyes off of no. it. It's more prominent than Edgerton's orc makeup. Yes, yeah. it, <laughs> yes it is. Yeah, it really is. Well, I, I, I think I didn't even notice it. I would rather the orc had the stash. I mean, yeah, and it would be funny if the orc had grown his mustache to like be trying to get Okay. Or orcs are like Native Americans, they can't grow facial hair. So I mean, sure. That makes sense. There's some stuff going on here. But I. Yeah, but that's 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 interesting. That you I just that. I yeah. couldn't stop looking at it, and it drove me nuts. And I wished he just hadn't made that choice. I don't know. I guess it, <laughs> it didn't, didn't bother everybody. Oh. I don't even remember him. Having I know. A mustache. Yeah, yeah. A I constantly thought about it. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, and it, it goes to that thing where you're like Weird. you're Will Smith. You're so handsome. 
We don't need the mustache. We'd yeah. rather he just made look a at you choice, you're a huge movie star. But I can tell star. he's like, I'm just a beat cop. I'm just a regular guy. I'm going to grow this really, I'm a cop. Shouldn't I have a mustache? Yeah, like I can tell he made, that, yeah. he made that choice. So right. um, The answer is no. The answer with most about. movies is don't grow the mustache. Yeah. Like yeah. If Unless movie, it's a period piece film, and even then there's a good excuse for you to have a mustache. Unless you're in the Magnum P.I. remake. Or you're yeah. Kenneth Branagh. Yeah. Bringing it, bringing yeah. it in, yeah. uh, and in Murder stash. in the Orient Express. The only um, good thing about that movie. Uh, I do feel like, unfortunately, the orc to cop um, uh, arc isn't really there. It seemed, you know, they, they hit a couple beats, but it doesn't really affect me emotionally in the way that I kind of was rooting for it to do. Um, Ike Barinholtz, is that how you say his name? Yeah, yeah, so Ike wasted uh, from the mini project and also Margaret Cho. Really like talented guy. Margaret Cho's in this as well. Can, yeah. can I say something? Yes. Wouldn't it have been more interesting if Ike Barinholtz was the uh, orc cop? He would have. He would have been so funny and cool. And nothing weird against and Joel Edgerton. I just thought he no, not, made Joel wrong Edgerton. decisions. He's a very good actor, but he's I a just, terrific actor. I would just like to see somebody kind of bring that manic energy that because thing. Will Smith was nailing his yes. down. And see, that's kind of what I feel about Edgar Ramirez, who I'm sorry, but Chaco in Domino is one of my favorite characters right. of all time. I think he's miscast he in this movie so as well. Miscast. I think a lot of times the people don't, it doesn't play to their strengths completely with the casting. Um, real quick on a side note, just, I think Russ wanted to get into um, Netflix moving into this giant $100 million space. They had recently... I mean, they made Brad Pitt's latest movie. They made um, War Machine. Yeah, which I've not seen. Uh, unfortunately, I watched it. It's a disappointment. There is a reason that major studios didn't want to make it. I think no it, Fury. I, yeah, it's no fucking Fury, man. I would love to have seen um, something like that when those guys get together, Aaron and Pitt again. But um, it, it's just okay. It's sort of a mediocre film. It, it feels like a Netflix movie. It feels like a movie that goes straight to Netflix. Uh, it's too bad. It, it, it had potential to sort of be this... Catch twenty two movie, it's not. Well, and I think it's it's a great idea that 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 Netflix and Amazon have these deep pockets, but I think the other problem is, is that a lot of these A list people are going to go to them with their dream projects, which are things studios don't want to make and are not necessarily the most entertaining or commercial you know projects for studios to make or Netflix to make. And so you know, do I want to see War again? Like I said, do I want to see War Machine versus this film? I'd probably rather see this film. You're right. You're right. Oh, having seen War Machine, this is way better. This so I would rather, film. you know, Brad Pitt brought something. But, you know, if it's just going to be a, a, a big drama or, you know, an uncommercial film. that Passion needs a Project. Big, yeah, Passion Project. So you're just, like, worried that Netflix is going to just make movies for the sake of making movies and not necessarily... That is what they're doing, and it is very obvious. Content. Netflix is... The future of movies that I'm concerned about is that... What's great is Netflix and Amazon were big players at Sundance and, and, and festivals like that. They are buying independent movies. The winner of Sundance in 2017 was available on Netflix a month after it won. That's amazing as a film fan. But that being said, Netflix and Amazon have had much more success with projects they purchased as opposed to projects that were in-house yes. from the get-go. and that, is, that appears to be maybe the schism that's very interesting I mean, because as a person who used to wait for Sundance winners to, you know, it'd be like a year before they get released. It, it was frustrating. Amazing that in a month they're doing something like that. At the same time, man, they're giving you Will Smith and David Ayer's movie written by Max Landis. These are all big names. They're giving you that for no more money on Christmas is amazing. Like, it's an amazing leap. 
But at the same time, is it as successful as maybe, you know, something else that maybe had a more rigorous studio process where they would have vetted it more? I don't know. Same with War Machine. It's it's just okay. It's not a great movie. So. All right. So we're at like almost 50 minutes. Yeah. Let's go into final thoughts, which, Philip, is a thing we do in Highly Suspect Reviews. Yeah. You've been on one, right? Do you want me to go one first? Time. Yeah. I'll Patience, go first. go first. Um, overall, I like I said before, I'm about 50-50 on this. And I know you guys are absolutely going to disagree with me 100% on this. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to get yelled at 50, later 50, and 100%. probably flogged. But I I think Joel Egerton uh, redeemed himself for me um, after It Comes at Night. And I actually (laughs) liked his character. But also Drax is my favorite Guardians of the Galaxy. And I thought that he was definitely bringing forward that Drax energy. So I actually liked him. I disliked Will Smith. Um, I disliked his character, not just because he was Denzel Washington yet. Dude's a movie star. Yeah, he's a movie star. Um, I agree with almost everything everyone said. So after all of this, I'm glad I watched it, Phil. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I give it six Matrix kicks out of ten. <laughs> gotcha. All right, Phil, go. Um, yeah, I you know I liked it more than most of the others, and uh, I feel like I kind of fit in there with a the majority of the population. Like when you look at the actual. Uh, list of people, the numbers of people that actually responded really positively. I mean, isn't like a 92% like approval. Oh, I've had people really I mean, don't watch this movie. And that's the thing too, where I feel like a lot of people have been like, oh, the racial stuff's right on the nose. When you look at the minority actual reports on like what they're liking, this is 100 out of 100 for them. So yeah. obviously it's not bugging Mexicans and black people or Asians or anybody. They're the ones digging it. They're so, Asians in the movie. I'm just saying minorities in fucking general. Oh. I didn't necessarily say. <laughs> Point <laughs> being is minorities in general are responding very positively towards it. And it's only like, you know. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's offensive. No, not at all. But yeah, it is on the nose. But people are responding positively towards it. So, you know, it's entertaining. It's fun. I liked it. Um I made a small error earlier. Uh, I said Aaron was a cop. He was in the military and grew up in South Central. He wasn't a cop there. Okay. So I just wanted to correct that. I just was like, shit, he's not a cop. Yeah, either. damn. I was like, Phil, we're going to have to take you out Yeah, back. yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to Floggings. make that correction. But, man, I give it a – you know, I really liked it. I want to see more of it. I'm not going to I'm not gonna hate on how, how things weren't developed that much because I want to see more of it. I give it a 8 out of 10 Mexican colostomy bags. Whoa, 8 out of 10? That's Mexican colostomy bags. Right, so take that in context of Mexican colostomy. Right, fair enough. All right. It's not the same as six Matrix kicks. Russell, <laughs> why don't you go ahead and tell us what you thought? Uh, you know, Final I'm thought. super glad to watch the movie, and, and I was glad that the movie, uh, for the most part, was an entertaining experience, even though it wasn't entirely successful as a film. Uh, and I think, again, the, the fact that all, all of us have said, oh, I totally watch a sequel. I'm super excited to watch it. Um, super excited to watch it is a little strong. I said I would totally watch you know a sequel. What? I, I accept that. You're right. Yeah. Um, that, that all of it, but I'm I would super be exci- excited. But, but, yeah. I would say, but I would say I'm super excited to talk about it. And I Fair think enough. that's the kind of movie that yeah. I like. And, and that's why I was very excited we did this this podcast. And so in that sense, I, find, I found Bright a, a very interesting film. Um, as opposed to some of the, you know, the Oscar screeners that we've looked at, um, you know, I would rather talk about That's this. Not movie on than me. A lot you asked to borrow those that, that we that we've watched. Um, so anyway, so uh, yeah, I give it uh, uh, twelve out of uh, uh, out of uh, twenty uh, magic wands. I love it. I love it when someone goes outside of the one out of ten thing. Thank you. Yes, go. Um, 
That's like a six. I I can't remember what it was. Somebody was like, I give it 68,000 out of 93,000 something. I was like, what? (laughs) Okay, but I approve. Um, Rob, you're the last one. Well, no, did you go? No, other than me. Okay. I I get the final word. I'm going to say, okay, fair enough. He's judge, jury, and execution. He's going to end this on his words. Um, You know, why would you not watch this movie? I mean, a giant director, giant movie star, and it's available on Netflix, which you already have. Um, I don't think it's a perfect movie. I think it's pretty flawed. But I watched the whole thing, and I was like, this is fine. You know, whatever. So uh, certainly they're trying for something. It's unusual. It's unique. It's original. Um, and so whether or not it's successful, that is important to me when you, when I watch a movie. Um, you know, I mean, you want to do the gritty cop movie, but married to a fantastical world. Like, I'm not going to – I would have to watch that movie. Yeah. Um, so I would give this two out of five – Ooh. Distracting mustaches. You know? There you go. So yeah, I mean, you should. I mean, why would you not, dude? This is a movie. At least put it on in the background. You're gonna, you're gonna not. Regret That's a four me. out of ten. Yeah. It's I, not. I mean, like, it's not a perfect movie. I, I, I definitely no, have no problems. So, so if he was in high school, you just gave him forty percent of his test. You were like, yeah, motherfucker, go yeah. back to school. Yeah, this is, I mean, it's it's a mess. You know what I would say? A for effort and keep up the good work. It's, it's no zero out of a hundred. It's a math plus. Yeah, I mean, it's better than, it's better than that, but... All right, I'll give it 2.5 out of yeah. Oh, there we go. All right. Plus, all right? Yeah, I, you know, I mean, like, I, I start off a little, like, being hyperbolic. Hyperbole! And we asked, we said we weren't going to do that. But, like, I don't know, this is... This movie, as you said, it there was no way I wasn't gonna watch this. Right. You know, at some point I was gonna watch it. I'm a big dork and I love all the fantasy stuff. I kind of felt like to some degree, like, you know, you should maybe own a little bit more the universe you're Agreed. obviously like ripping off. Yes. Like it was like just like more, uh, maybe it should have been even more on the nose of just like, yes, this is Lord of the Rings, you know, cause it did everything but, and then danced away from it a bit. And I was just like, just do it or don't do it. It's a little mm-hmm. annoying that you're not. Um, but that wasn't a complaint that I, I have. I feel overall. like it committed to the premise. Uh, overall, I, I did. Uh, the number one people I, thing I see from people defending this movie is that I do want to know more about this universe. And I agree. I do want to know more about Sorry. this universe. However, with what we have, it's just kind of okay. It's nothing about this made me like hate it. There was like maybe one moment in the whole movie I rolled my eyes. But other than that, I was Swipe like, left. I was like, eh. <laughs> It's fine. It's it's uh it's one of those like Sunday afternoon hungover movies on the couch. Like, eh, that was all right. Those are the best. Yeah, you know, I, like I I fail to see why people are so incredibly aggravated with their hatred for this film. But I also would fail to see why anybody would really love this either. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to give it a <laughs> five and a half out of ten. 
deeply broken magic wands. <laughs> deeply broken. <laughs> deeply, deeply broken. broken. Oh. But, uh, man, Deliberation of the Doom setting Woo! a record. These motherfuckers talk. Not even We talk. Sorry about that, Highly Suspect film. fans. Dude, we still won't shut the fuck I'm up. I'm pretty sure it's setting a record for HSR review at going at, uh, Are you serious? 53 minutes for a review. Yeah, usually they're like 20. Over like a Netflix quick. movie. Yeah. But that just goes to show is our, what we got going here, guys. If you like listening to some people fucking ramble on, <laughs> you should check out our regular podcast where we took us three episodes to talk about <laughs> alien horror. <laughs> Nine movies, fucking three epic. hour and a half episodes. Hey, hey I got some shit to say. Yeah, yeah. Right. I'm going to say it. Yeah. We love what you have we're to gonna say, We're going to show Phil. up here. We're going to bullshit oh, forever. we make Phil be quiet? <laughs> to be honest, I could have talked about Bright for another hour. Yeah, that's true. I know. There's just many levels to this, so I'm glad we... This movie's a fucking... There's underwear. a lot to unpack. You can, you can literally There's keep layers. talking about this. There's layers. has got layers. Yeah. I, I hear Obama's posting about it next week. He's going to have a whole series of tweets. Well, he's finally... He's doing, first. <laughs> he's doing something helpful. Oh...